0: This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, what does it take to build and maintain a long-term and successful business partnership? Well, Why do so many fail? From the Aftermarket Radio Network, hi there, Carm Capriato, and I'm with Travis Troy and Josh Mullins from Honest Wrenches, and they're debunking the misconception that partnerships in business don't work. Now, here's a spoiler alert for you. Just like a marriage, it takes hard work, clear communication with aligned values. Hey, thanks to our partners, Apex and Shopware. I bet we all know a shop owner, service advisor, or technician who has truly gone above and beyond in 2022. Well, now it's time to nominate them for the third annual Apex Service and Repair Awards. Now, don't wait. Now, think about this. Do it. Nominations are due. August 31st, go to aapexshow.com forward slash service awards. Gauge your day's profits at a glance so you can ramp things up or close up early. With Shopware's Capacity Dashboard, you see who's rocking the bay and how many dollars you can still squeeze in. Talk to my friends at Shopware on the web at getshopware.com. I am honored to have Travis Troy and Josh Mullins from Honest Wrenches in Des Moines, Iowa. Hi, guys. How are you? How are you, Carm? We are great. We'll tell you why we are doing this episode. There's, I always have a reason for, for doing episodes. Everyone knows that. There's always kind of a linker storyline in advancing the aftermarket. But Travis was with me in the uh, Vision studio, and uh, we had an incredible discussion you were my first interview there, and we were actually chatting about how you and Josh kind of connected and closing the shop and spending all kinds of money and bringing people to Vision. And I would love to follow up on, on Vision and, you know, the team and what they learned. And we said, hey, listen, it sounds like you've got a great partnership, but Josh wasn't in the, in the studio. But I says, would you guys come back at a later time and let's talk about how to make partnerships successful. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having Absolutely. Us. Guys, uh, let's do a little bit, a really quick follow up on close the shop, spend all kinds of five figures to bring your team to vision. And everyone says, I can't do it. And you say, we do it and we never lose a beat. And it just works. Again, I think it's an opportunity now to define what's the outcome of how vision worked for both of you guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that brings the team together, allows them to get some of the, some of the best training out there. And if you're not offering training to your, to your team members now, I mean, somebody else will. And it also kind of goes to show how much you actually truly care about your team and that you're willing to pour all the resources you possibly can into growing them.
0: Yeah, Josh, a question about the, the team coming back. I'm sure you figure out what training that everyone will go to. They may say, hey, listen, I want to go to this. And you say, yeah, that's great. Let's do that. But you don't send everyone from the team to the same training, do you?
2: No, it depends. You know, sometimes if a one of our techs has been in a really good class and we got a newer tech coming up, we might send those guys to that same class together to help them, you know, help him coach him through some of the stuff that's going on in the class. And we get a great result with doing that.
0: And do they come back and ever teach what they learned to the guys that didn't go to one of their classes?
2: That was the biggest thing. When we started doing vision and going to different training and we'd come back all fired up and the rest of the team's like, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> you know, so bringing the whole team really fires everybody up and they come back ready to run. They understand what we're doing, why we're doing it. And the maneuvers that we want to make after vision come so much quicker because the team's on board because they were a part of that.
0: Every time I used to go to a, a seminar and I'd come back to work and they'd say, oh, damn, damn, we're going to have to change things. Carb's going to have all these ideas. We're not ready for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that. I
2: know. <laughs> We get emails when we go to 20 groups. What are we changing? What are we doing next? Because they know it's coming.
0: (laughs) That that is so great. Anyway, I want to just mention the episode that Travis and I did was 726. We did a virtual tour on Aftermarket Weekly. It was episode 087. And uh, you did a great Town Hall Academy uh, relationships you have with your accountant. It was Academy 169 and then Hunt Demarest had you at his vision studio, or vision hotel room. His episode number five of Core Hunt Demarest is on the Aftermarket Radio Network. So hey guys, let's jump in this partnership thing. The story that I love, I love this story Joshua, is that you were working in your yard doing things. You had met Travis in school?
2: Yeah, we met in college. So I went to college, I was in the restaurant business, that's what I did my whole life, and I needed to do something different. And I was actually gonna be a nurse. But nurse waiting list was a year and a half, so I decided to take some automotive classes. And, you know, I tinkered with stuff in my backyard, and so I started going to school and in automotive. And you know how that works. Everybody's always asking you to fix something, and I'm not a guy that's going to say no, so I bring in everything to my backyard. And I actually, it was the Honda brake rotors with the little bolts they put in them. I could never get those things out correctly. And so I called Travis and I had one stuck on there and I said, Hey, uh, can you get this thing out? And uh, he came over about an hour later and he popped that thing right out. And I said, Hey, you want to make some extra money? And every weekend, that's what we did for about six months. And then we were zone violated um, at my house. And that Friday night, Travis went and found us a storage unit and we opened up a legitimate business because it was cheaper to do that and fail than it was to pay the fine. And 12 years later, we sit here with 24 employees and two different shops and, you know, an amazing story to tell.
0: I love it. In fact, Travis, you had just expanded this year to your second?
1: Last year, yeah, actually. We just uh, we just hit our one-year mark of uh, having the second store.
0: Happier than all get-out?
1: Yeah, you know, it's been a fun challenge, and you learn a lot when you do it. And, uh, you know, everybody always says... You know, make sure you have this in order and this in line. And if you're going to do it, just do it. You'll figure it out along the way. I mean, we tried to set ourselves up as best as possible. And you're always going to forget something. You're always going to wish you would have done this. And if you're going to do it, just do it. Dive in and do it. Make it happen. Jump
0: in the deep end of the pool. Advice from Travis Troy. (laughs) Josh, you agree with that?
2: I do. It was a tough year. You know, you learned a lot. We didn't really know what we were doing. We'd been in and out. Wanted to open another one, then said, no, we're not going to do it. It's too much time. We don't, we can't do it. You know, with our partnership, that's been a big help with that you know because we still have the day-to-days that I do and having Travis in the background because he's able to do some things that I can't do and I'm able to do things that he can't do and together we've pulled that together with great communication and you know understanding each other's roles and and putting that stuff into place and it's very successful what we're doing.
0: I want to dive a little deeper into those role things that you just talked about but uh, from each of you uh, answer this question what was your biggest learning curve on the second story
1: You're already spread thin as a single store shop owner, right? And you're spread thin because you're afraid to let things go sometimes. You want to, I mean, this is our baby, so it's very difficult for us to let things go. And I would say learning to let go of things was probably my biggest challenge and and also success, is I really learned to let go of some of the things that uh, we need to allow our team to feel empowered and let them take charge of some of that stuff.
0: Interesting, I'm going through that right now. Of course, I have daughter Tracy with me, and we've got now how many shows, Uh, eight eight shows a week we're producing in the Aftermarket Radio Network. Couldn't have done it without her, but now it's getting very compressed, and uh, I got to let go a little bit. Uh, I'm uh, spread a little thin, but it's working. And so that's the great takeaway. Thank you for saying that. Josh, what was your biggest learning curve?
2: For me, it's been the fact that I can't be at two places at once and not everybody can do what I do. That's been probably the hardest pill to swallow because I expect, you know, I hire a new advisor. I expect him to pick up things as fast as I do, do what I do, learn what I teach him fast and be able to just do it and learning that that's not the facts. I'm actually dealing with that right now. That's where my hardball is coming in learning how to build processes and and teach off of those processes. And, you know, that's where we're focused on. And that's not what I do generally. I'm a fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. And I do whatever it takes to get the job done. And, you know, I forget that, you know, the guy behind me, I might have just stepped all over trying to teach him how to do something.
0: Is going slow um, actually help you speed up?
2: I don't go (laughs) slow. Um, That's my problem. I don't know how to slow down. I am zero to 100 from the second that I, the second I wake up, I am gone.
1: I hate to interject this, but when we hire somebody like day one is make sure they know how to roller skate because they're going to need them to keep up with Josh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And and so I I think I heard you say just a few moments ago, and that's where Travis comes in.
2: (laughs) That's where Travis comes in. He can deliver it with a little bit more charisma than I can. We actually just hired a new service advisor that I'm going to be training and I'm going to take the attempt to slow down and, And really focus on teaching him for 30 days instead of going, okay, we got 10 days and we're going to get you on the phone. You're going to be answering it and then you're going to start selling tickets and we're going to teach you this and we're going to do that. And really step back for once and and I'm going to try to slow down and build some of those processes with him.
0: You may just look back in 30 days saying, hmm, he's more effective than ever we've ever trained anyone because he's he's doing it our way, not his way.
2: Yeah, and the fact is, I mean, the five guys that I got right in service now, I trained them the old way, and, you know, I'm still dealing with stuff, you know, because we forget about things, and we forget to train them on this and teach them this, and check in with me in 30 days, and we'll find out if it worked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if not, Travis will tell you, I'm sure. (laughs) He sure will. Hey, Carm here. Now, I bet we all know a shop owner, service advisor or technician who has truly gone above and beyond in 2022 and who represents the best of the best. Now it's time to nominate them for the third annual Apex Service and Repair Awards. Now, these awards will recognize a shop owner of the year, service advisor of the year and technician of the year. An independent panel of shop owners will select the award recipients based on their commitment to training, as well as community, charitable and industry involvement. Apex will honor and celebrate the award winners during the opening keynote address at Apex 2022 in November in Las Vegas. Hey, don't wait. Nominations are due by August 31st. To nominate your outstanding industry leader, go to AAPEX slash service awards. Now I know you know an outstanding shop owner, service advisor, or technician who's gone above and beyond this year. AAPEX show.com slash service awards. Hey, stop guessing and get working on the next car or the opportunity to buy a second shop. Now, once you can see through the fog of numbers coming at you all day, you use less brain power to make better decisions. Start with reading the gauges on every bay and every tech with Shopware's capacity dashboard. Now, it makes it easy to see where you can squeeze in one more repair. Then get an overview of every business metric in your shop. Build your reports your way so the numbers that drive you jump out at you whenever you need them. Even if you add more shops to your operation, all the numbers end up consolidated by location or any way you want to slice and dice them. You're in control every step of the way, customizing as you go. Get a clear view. Get more profits. Get Shopware.com. So would you be the one, Travis, that says to Joshua, let me train this guy or not?
1: No, not at all. I'd be overstepping Josh's role at that point, right? My role is to make sure that I provide Josh the the tools and the resources and I'm here to coach him and hold him back when he wants to jump too far forward. and Make sure that he trusts the process that we've already built, right? That's really what I do with him and that's really what allows us to work really well together right you think of it as a rubber band right and the rubber bands around josh and i've got my hand on it and he tries to take off too far and, I, and then that elastic i just got kind of pulling back just a little bit oh hang on buddy <laughs> let's just tone her down just a little bit you know and uh, honestly i mean that's really where him and i shine and likewise right go on the flip side on my role there's things that I want to do on my role that Josh has to do the same thing to me, right? So it's not just one way. It's it's both of us making sure that we keep each other in each other's lane and we don't cross lanes unless asked, right? There's times where Josh might be struggling on a certain item. And he says, hey, you know, do you mind jumping in and helping me with this? And it might be to a point where I just need to jump in and give him some guidance or the best outcome is going to be that I actually jump in and do it with him. Right. And then we discuss about the results afterwards. And then that way he knows on the next time how to handle that particular situation or, you know, scenario or whatever it might be. And likewise, on my end, there's times where I have to have him jump in or, you know, I might be looking at some numbers or something like that. and I'm like. I mean, I'm starting to go cross-eyed at these numbers, Josh. I need you to jump in. Can you jump in and help me analyze these a little bit? And boom, there he is. He helps out. And I'm like, awesome. All right, back out of the way. You got me right where I need to be. And now I take off again.
0: All you needed was almost a timeout or a, you know, rub my eyes and, you know, a cup of coffee. And that's what Joshua provides that for you.
1: It's a refresher is really what it is. Sometimes we just need a refresher of, you know, just a a minute to step back real quick. And we've each got our role, right? Well, I can see Josh's role from a 10,000 foot view and Josh can see my role from a 10,000 foot view. But when you're in that role, you're looking at it from 500 feet. And sometimes you're not able to see what a guy can see from an aerial view when you're in it. And so it's good to have our partnership to be able to utilize that And sometimes lean on each other in order to be able to do that.
0: So well said. And what I heard was honesty and transparency.
1: I mean, it's a marriage, right? You have to have that in a partnership. It's a must. And we're, we're two different people. You know, we have different wants
2: and desires in life and we meet with that regularly because that changes, you know? So we sit down and say, hey, where are we at financially? Where are we at with the business? What do we want to do next? Um, how are we with our freedom that we get? All that stuff. And we sit down and talk about that and we analyze that and we take the stuff that we feel we can take care of and we do that and we push the other stuff on the shelf for later. But we have lots of communication with that side of it. It. We're 10 years age difference. I'm going to retire before he is, you know, things are different, um, but we stay on the same page always to make sure that we're growing the company in the manner that we both want. If I don't want it and Travis does, we might not do it. So vice versa. If he wants it and I don't, we may not do that. If we don't completely agree on things, we pretty much put it on the shelf and we move on to the next deal until we bring it, we'll bring it back from time to time. But we just know that that's where we're at. You know, we both have each other's best interest at heart and we love what we do, you know, so that that helps out a lot.
0: Do you guys say let's agree to disagree or do you just walk away knowing it's the smartest thing to do is just let's not say anything else. Just let's shelve it.
2: I think for the most part, we've found that if we don't both agree, it's probably not the right decision anyways. We put our heads together, and we know this is it. This is what we're doing. We're both in it to win it, and it usually turns out really, really well. So, a lot of those situations, we just put on the shelf, and it just kind of sits there as a, you know, a memory of what we might have wanted. But the future is so much brighter when we put our heads together and really do what we both want to do it together.
1: Yeah, I think that would be more on a larger scale. But if we're talking about our role, you know, if Josh wants to make a decision within his role, right, of something that he's responsible of, and I don't necessarily agree with it. At the end of the day, it's his call, and I respect whatever call that he makes. And we both make bad decisions all the time, right? The most important part about that is to not stick it in each other's face. I told you not to do that. You should have listened. You can't do that, right? Talk about pouring gasoline on the fire. Well, that sucks. We won't make that decision again. You know what I mean? And we move on, right? And by not beating each other up or making each other feel guilty about a poor decision or a bad decision, right, Instead, we empower each other to use blameless problem solving. Don't sit here and blame each other for whatever it could be because we can go back and forth all day on that. Let's just go, huh, that sucks. Let's move on. You know, we won't make that decision again. That, I think, is, is extremely helpful in us as well as, you know, we've been able to, to lead that into our team as well. And when an issue happens with inside the shop, you know, don't try to point fingers at who's at fault. Let's just worry about what happened and how we're not going to allow it to happen again and move on. And that eases all that tension.
0: I love what you just said, blameless problem solving. I mean, just let that sit there for a moment, everyone who's listening. If you're not in a partnership and you're listening to this, take it home.
1: Yeah, or utilize it within your within your other team members. It's easy to sit at the top of, of your organizational chart and point fingers down below at, at who's all at fault, right? It it doesn't matter. You're not going to solve anything by figuring out who's at fault.
0: So how close is a business partnership to an analogy to a marriage?
1: Other than we sleep in separate houses, it's probably the
2: same thing. (laughs) I mean, really. And when I communicate, I probably talk to Travis more than I do my wife. Um, Some nights, you know, it's after work and, you know, I have things that I'm dealing with and I need help analyzing and thinking about it. And we'll spend hours on the phone talking about it. and You know, sometimes talking ourselves off the ledge. With each other, but without that communication, we wouldn't be able to do what we do every day.
0: Guys, what is it? People, processes, systems, tools, equipment. What what do you spend a lot of time talking about together?
1: You know, challenges that uh, are going on throughout the day, or, you know, where we're going next, and, you know, where our growth path is, and what that vision is. I'm more of the visionary guy at that 10,000 foot view of where the business is going, and I can bring those ideas to Josh. He ponders on them, and Josh brings me some of the day-to-day struggles, you know, that they're experiencing or that he's experiencing or with a potential, the possible team member, whatever it may be, right? It's our communication is so strong. I don't know, Josh. How many times do you think we talked yesterday?
2: Ten? Probably double that.
1: Yeah, I mean, literally maybe 10 to 20 times a day, it'll either be via text message or phone call. You know, just touching base on what we're doing. The big thing is, is Josh and I probably don't see each other maybe twice a week. If we're, lucky. If we're lucky. And so that communication has to be extremely strong. You know, if I'm running to a meeting or doing something like that, I'm, I'm in the truck, I'm dialing them in. And hey, how's the day going? How are things going? What can I assist with? Here's what I've got going. I'm struggling with this. If you have any ideas while you're out in the in the field today, you know, pondering on this. If anything comes to mind, let me know. And then we'll always, you know, follow up at the end of the day. It's like our end of day debrief, right? How was your day? How'd things go? What didn't get solved today? Is there anything that I could assist with? You know, so on and so
0: forth. Josh, what if you went three days without talking?
1: Uh, we have. He was just on vacation. We did.
2: It comes to a really long conversation when he gets back. You know, I debrief all that. You know, I I hold on
0: to it. and then. But what if he wasn't on vacation? What if Travis wasn't on vacation? Has that ever happened?
1: That we go three days? Probably not. No. I mean, I think communication is extremely strong. You know, it must be. And eventually that'll change, right? So right now, as our organizational chart grows, somebody will eventually start fulfilling Josh's role. Josh will start having some different conversations, and then Josh and I's conversations will be slightly different. That kind of evolves and grows over time. But right now, where we're at in our business, I mean, and I think it'll always be that uh, communication has got to be extremely strong.
0: You guys have a coach?
1: Yep, a uh, coach is okay. <laughs> I mean, good. We love coach. Yeah, I mean, we are we are big into coaching. Yeah. We're actually in a CEO and COO group right now. We haven't got to our first visit yet. We're still waiting for the details on that. And then we also are affiliated with uh, ATI, Automotive Training Institute. And then we've got uh, the Biosphere Phone Coaching. And, uh, you know, our 20 group is, I mean, each of those shops are, we consider a coach to us. Uh, they're just some amazing shop owners in our 20 group as well.
0: And the business is how old? 12, Twelve years. 12 years. Every time I have a chance to... Soapbox, this, the power of coaching and what it's done for you. And, you know, when you hear Travis and Josh talk about they have multiple avenues of networking and coaching and accountability and you've been in business only 12 years. There's some people out there struggling and they're 20 years, but they never considered it.
1: Yeah, you know, we got really lucky. Tim Davidson, you know, I'm sure I've said it before on another podcast, but he introduced us to, at the time it was ASA Midwest, now Milwaukee, and that was really our first shoe into any type of training, and Vision was right around the corner, and we had gotten our first Vision, and at the time it was just me and Josh. I don't even think we could rub two nickels together at the time. <laughs> oh, all right, and, paychecks. Uh... <laughs> We were not getting paid
2: We were working night jobs and doing whatever we had to do yeah. to make
1: it work. And uh, so that's really, you know, how we started. But, you know, we say we've been open for 12 years. The first four years in business, we worked full-time jobs and we were still in, in college for the first two. And then the final two, we were still working full-time jobs. It's been really eight years since we've actually cranked it up in the business, yeah.
0: I love this story. We were working full-time jobs, and you still had a business. And Would you work the business every night?
1: We close about 3
2: o'clock, and then we run off to our night jobs. I went and bartended away to tables, and Travis worked, worked in a diesel shop, and we come back the very next morning and do it all over again.
0: You were in food service, Josh. Wow.
2: I was. That's what I spent my, my whole life. I was managed restaurants. I bartended. I waited tables. I was on the customer service side. We believe we're, we're in the people business. You know, either way, whether you're serving them food, fixing their cars, stitching them up, you're in the people business. Um, it's just a service we do for the people that we have. So it's actually helped us out a lot because the customer service is my knack. Um, and we've built that into our business highly. I mean, building relationships with the customers, is that's what we've, I've done my whole life. Um, and that's what we get our service advisors doing. You know, people buy from people. So without that relationship, you're just another number, you're just another sales dollar. Um, We we don't like to run our business that way.
0: Do you believe in the three C's, consumer, customer, client, in in the the order that you try to recruit them? You know, a cold call would be a consumer, somebody learning then to be a customer, and then then wrap them up in a relationship being a client?
2: I'll be honest with you, I've never heard that before. You got to take care of them. You know, I don't believe in that whole, it's not my customer thing that people say. Every customer has an opportunity to be your customer. You know, it's just a matter if they want to be taken care of. That's the biggest thing. We like to take care of our customers. And we have people that come in and don't want you to build a relationship with them. And they don't stick around very long. The ones that want that relationship built and they want somebody they can trust and, and somewhere they can go. Those are the people
1: that stay with us and, and continue to help us grow our business.
0: So, guys, do you have a formal partnership agreement?
1: Yeah, we've got, uh, we've actually got several, we, you know, buy, sell and, and stuff like that. You know, a lot of things that are going to help protect us in case if anything would ever go south. You know, and we we're actually just discussing this at our last uh, time. We're getting ready to travel for a 20 group. You know, if we are traveling, right, we travel together and something happens, what happens? You know what I mean? Those are the, you know, Joe Sievert did that class, the what if, right? And making sure that we continuously build the what if and that we're always focusing on what if, right? But not letting it sidetrack us or build too much fear in us, we've still got to be able to run and get through that day to day. But uh, also on the backside, we've got to be smart about
0: it, too. You mentioned uh, you're 10 years older, Josh, than Travis. Does that mean that uh, you really you know, have looked at a calendar and said, you know, in another 10, I'm out of here? I mean, have you guys had that discussion? No,
2: what we really want to do is build the business. I I don't want to ever quit working. I don't want to ever not be a part of it. You know, so we're trying to build this business so we can always be a, both be a part of it in some sort, maybe at, at less roles and not so many hours and things like that. Yeah. You know, something we can do remotely sometimes, stuff like that. But that's really where we want to be. I, I mean, we don't really haven't. I don't think about the retirement side of it. I focus more on building it right now. I'm not looking twenty years ahead. I'm not tech savvy like Travis is. You know, I don't have. The ability to build the stuff that he does on the marketing side, and I mean he works some crazy hours that I do not work. he works nights he 's up till two in the morning he does stuff that bless him for doing it, and i don 't have that ability to do that you know as I get older, I need more sleep, I need more you know stability as you know things move on and um, but wait
1: wait we 're a partnership. am I supposed to get mad at you for that
2: people do i'm
1: harder <laughs> i 'm a harder worker than you are, Josh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Lord. Hey, we're having a domestic. I love it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, that, I wanted to make sure that we hit that point, right? It's a marriage, right? And if we continue to try and compare and it's, you know, quote unquote, 50-50. And uh, you're always trying to compare to 50-50 and making sure that you guys are always doing the same thing and everything else. It's going to fail every time. I just can't hit on that enough on the importance of not comparing each other, right? Right. There was a time where you know it's cool that Josh and I are ten years apart because, gosh, I think your son John was what maybe ten or eleven years old at the time, and he was in travel ball and stuff like that. That was extremely important for Josh to go to that stuff and to have that freedom. And you know, he was working Saturdays at the restaurant, and at the time we were open Saturdays, so I ran the store by myself on Saturdays, right? And stuff like that. Now my kids, you know, my daughter's five. I took off early yesterday and took her to a race. She loves dirt racing. The 10-year difference is actually a huge blessing, and it works out perfect for our lives. Regardless if there's a 10-year split or not, that doesn't matter. We cannot compare each other's workload. We have to make sure that each other's have defined roles and that we complement each other in any way that we can, whether that's giving each other kudos throughout the day knowing that they're struggling and stepping in and helping them when needed. If you've got the capacity and they don't and just not trying to create any animosity or anything against each other. And if for some reason that ever does start building, we just got to sit down and talk about it. Right. I mean, Josh and I have done this several times. If we're getting any animosity or anything built up, it's just, Hey, we just got to talk, talk me through this. Would you? I need some help on this. Right. I'm having a rough week or whatever, you know? And I think that's extremely important. And you, you think about a marriage, right? It's the same thing as a marriage, the same exact thing.
0: I have this scenario in my head. It, it's two o'clock in the morning. Travis is up working, right? Josh, for some crazy reason, he's doing some stuff. And he goes, Damn, I got to talk this over with Josh right now. And son of a bee, sleeping on me. That's why my phone's off.
2: <laughs> yes. With Dean, email this, this, text message. <laughs> It shuts off at 830, 8.30 every night. It goes to silent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it used to happen, Carm. It oh, really wow. did. Not um, so much no more. Not so much anymore. But if it was something, I mean, that was extremely important, I would. I'd be blasting texts away and everything else because when you get something really good in your head, right, you've got to get it on paper or something or else you're going to lose it, right? And so I would. I mean, he'd be getting emails and text messages. and
0: Josh did what he felt was right to do. And basically, that was put the wall up and say, listen, you can talk to me in the morning on that stuff. And you were smart enough not to get upset about
2: it. Well, that's when the roles really came. I mean, my role is completely different than his. He's not dealing with customers all day and employees all day and the day-to-day operations. And I got to be at a certain level. You know, if I'm completely drained and tired because I work till 2.30 in the morning, it's a really bad day and I make emotional decisions and I get upset and things that I normally wouldn't do.
0: The great synergies of a partnership is the role. Yeah, there may be a little overlap, but if it ever gets, the overlap gets too big, that's when there's a timeout and says, hey, we, come on, we got to go talk. Let's go have coffee.
1: There really can't be an overlap. There's no overlap on a road, right? I mean, you've got that center line. You don't cross it. That, that's really where we're at. We keep each other in our lanes unless asked. Unless we ask to come over, right? I think that's really, really been powerful for us. There's been some times where I've sat here, and I'm sure Josh has too, and, you know, I just really want to just jump in and help, right? But it hasn't been asked yet, and I can't. I have to let him do it. And if he needs help, he's going to ask. We're not going to let anything fail, right? It's just not going to happen. And that's the same thing that Josh, you know, is continuing to learn with our team members, right? When he's training them, they're in their lane and we can't cross into it, right? We have to let them be there. But on top of it, we have to teach them and train them that, hey, be sure to ask questions. There is no bad question. Be sure to ask them. When you ask, I can cross into your lane for for a quick second and then get back into my lane. But if you don't ask questions, that's what makes it extremely hard for Josh as a trainer. If they're not asking questions and he's watching them fail and fail hard, that's when it becomes extremely difficult to sit back and allow that to happen.
0: Travis, you uh, just attended an online seminar. You learned something really neat and new about customer service. You don't take it to your people. You take it to josh
1: josh josh you know um facilitates all of the meetings I, sometimes i can i can suck the air out of the room just due to my passion you know what i mean so josh should ask me you know hey i'd just appreciate it if you just stay out of some of these meetings and just let me do what i do and i respect that wholeheartedly that's one of those things that allows josh to to take off and, and own that and he's done some fantastic, you know, things. And they've really grown some of our people by just letting him do what he does best and not having me cross that lane in the middle of the meetings.
0: Well, it's working. What an incredible business you guys have. Did you ever help coach any other partnerships within your 20 group?
1: Well, we don't have any partnerships yeah. in our 20 group uh, unless it's like a father-son duo and, uh Through, you know, Parmelis, you know, our accounting firm and stuff and and those guys, you know, we'll get phone calls and stuff like that of, hey, you know, would you mind talking to this partnership? And I think everybody in this industry, you know, that that knows us knows that uh, this is our passion, you know, automotive and people and the business and all of that. And, and they know that we're just another resource that they can reach out at any time. And, and uh, you know, I don't know. I probably talk to three or four shops a week, you know, and just chatting and they'll bounce something off me or a struggle that they're having. It's, it's just a passion that we have.
0: So what is on the horizon? When's the third store coming?
1: It's definitely something that we're aiming for. One of our biggest things right now is we're not just going to grow Honest wrenches, because we want it to grow. We're not going to put people in in the business that uh, don't fit well with our culture and that probably shouldn't be there anyway, right? So, as you know, the right people come along, and we continue to grow our current people. When that comes, it comes, and it's going to come naturally. Um, we're not going to force it upon anybody and diminish our culture just to have three stores. Right. We want to do this because we have people inside our organization that want to grow and are ready to move to that next level. And in order to for them to grow, we've got to fill. Right. We've got to have capacity in order for them to do that. And that's where that next store and the store after, you know, however that pans out, that's where that'll come from. And if for some reason it doesn't happen, we're completely happy as long as our team is. But as soon as our team really is is driven to grow and and do more, we're ready. And we've got the resources and the abilities in order to be able to do it.
0: Okay. Well, that's the answer. Because Josh, I was going to challenge you with the, with the thought that eight miles away, a good friend of yours who owns a shop calls you and says, I'm ready to get out. Let's do something. And you just said it, I think, Travis, is you know, we believe culturally with the right people, we could probably pull something off, but we're not looking unless an opportunity so good came up.
2: Yeah, well, that's where our second story came from. You know, we had talked about it. And we were actually deciding not to do it. And then an opportunity happened that turned into what it is now. And it's, you know, it's staff that's doing very well. We want to make sure we have the people ready for it. And that that's my key focus right now is getting everybody in the right seats, getting them trained, you know, so they're ready and when this time comes for us to make that next move.
0: And I think I heard you say processes and systems, we probably need to do a better job on them to make sure if ever Store 3 comes inside, we have to have a little better control.
2: Yes, for sure. I mean, without those processes and systems, it's going to be impossible. It'll be another nightmare. We had absolutely no processes we were doing on a day-to-day basis and it was easy for me you know i was here every day and i managed it and you know everything was smooth as can be and then when you think about the second story you're like oh i don't do the same thing uh, you know i can't be in two places at once doing the exact same thing so i would bounce back and forth covering putting out fires all day long, you know, because nobody else understood the processes and nobody else understood what you were supposed to do. And I didn't train them appropriately. That's my biggest, you know, that's the biggest part of it. You know, we're fast moving and we hire people and we want them to start making us money right away and, and, you know, performing and getting them good paychecks. And right away, we got to do that stuff. And, you know, I think we forget that if we just slowed down for a second, trained them properly, that their future would be so much brighter.
0: Guys, this was great. I want to give you each a chance to, if there's anything that you wanted to say that we didn't, and, you know, maybe that, that I didn't ask or the subject didn't come up to help the industry through the podcast uh, appreciate and understand the power of partnerships.
2: I'd throw a couple of things out there. Um, the first is finding, knowing what your purpose is as a person. You know, I'm big into that. I've gotten my team doing that. We do Monday morning meetings about that, um, about our purpose and, and what we're doing on a daily basis. And that's huge for both of us. You know, my purpose is different than what Travis's purpose is. Um, and when we find that out we know where we're at and then what our wants and desires are. You know, that's the other biggest thing because it's two different things. Um, and then you align that together and, you know, you see if you can make a partnership work well for that. And knowing what Travis's wants and desires are helps me to help him. You know, vice
1: versa. He knows what my wants or desires are and he's,
2: he helps push me towards that.
1: I'm pushing his and he's pushing mine, right? And making sure that I fulfill his wants and desires for his purpose and he's doing the same for me. And if you see what I'm doing, we're meeting in the middle. That's truly, truly what happens.
0: That is so smart that if Travis knows Joshua's purpose, wants and desires, you're going to understand the decisions he makes. You're going to agree with some of the things that he wants to do, because from his perspective, this falls into his personal goals and strategies.
2: Well, plus, when I go to make a bad decision, you know, he's able to go, hey, you know, if you make that decision, that's not going to align with what you're trying to do. You know, and he's able to see that from a different view. And you know, I can take that and you know, we take each other's criticism to heart. You know, it's not him yelling at me or me yelling at him or us telling each other we're dumb. That's not what we're doing. We're just calling it how we see it and and allowing each other to make that final
1: decision.
0: Brilliant final thoughts from you, Joshua. Thank you. Travis, anything?
1: Josh really hit some some really powerful points. You know, I just can't uh I can't, you know, reiterate enough. Just don't compare each other, right? Don't try to, you know, prove that one's doing more than the other or whatever. If you don't have a passion for it and you're going to try to compare, it just won't work. The same thing as a marriage, right? Work together, not against each other. And partnerships will work. Uh, I've been told many, many times that uh, that this partnership just won't work. You know, it's just not going to work. And there's a lot of people, you know, that see Josh and I. And uh, they just don't understand how it works. They're just like, I don't even know how you guys do it. There's no way I could ever do it. It's just cool. It's awesome. It's amazing that uh, we found each other the way that we found each other and been able to do this for 12 and many more years to come.
0: You know, when I found out you were in food service, Josh, here's the thought that I had. I'm trying to take this rotor off with a chef knife and I can't get it off. It kind of looked like (laughs) that a little bit.
1: (laughs) I showed up. I thought he was cooking steak. I had no idea he was doing brakes on a Honda.
0: (laughs) That's just so cool. I I, have been sitting on that for twenty minutes here. I wanted to say.
2: (laughs) You know, it's one of those deals, and it seems so dumb that you can't get a rotor off. You know, that's part of what helps build our partnership. We're not afraid to, to speak out and say, "I have no clue." Even if it's the simplest thing, you know, to somebody else, it might not be as simple to me. You know, and we hold that both for each other. You know, there's things that he does, and I'm like, "That's simple." And to him, it's not. We call it the yin to the yang. You know, together, we, we complement each other very well. We make that perfect person almost.
0: That perfect overlap. Well, work at it is the message that I think I heard from you, Travis. Is it just uh, it's something you have to work at? Hey, this was great, guys. Thank you so much. Travis Troy, Josh Mullins, Honest Wrenches, Des Moines, Iowa. How to make partnerships thrive. Thanks, guys. Hey,
1: thanks, Carl. thanks for having us. Appreciate it, Carl.